secrets from a coach. Thrive and maximise your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Law, you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm not doing too bad. Bit of a bit of a mad old week. Um, but apart from that. How many people have cried on you this week, Debs? <laughs> um, I've, I've probably lost count at about 12, actually, this week. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, we're having to do some heavy lifting here over in the Northern Hemisphere, aren't we, in terms of continuing lockdowns, restrictions, and uh, you're just constantly cleaning mud off your shoes when you do go out and have a well-being walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and especially today, I, made, I looked out the window, it was bright sunshine, and I thought, right, that's it I'm, I've got half an hour but in between people that I was seeing and I just went I just went out and just left everything here and walked through and you know through the forest it was lovely so yeah yeah so in terms of what we're going to cover on tonight's um, uh, podcast I'm just so thrilled that we're we've got the guest that we have because Jazz Gill um, the moment I met him seven years ago I think when we were, um, yeah, one day, one of the sessions we were running in Heathrow, he walked in and I just knew the minute he walked in the room there was someone special. The energy that guy oozes out, but in such a calm way. I, he just, he's one of those people that's always stuck out for me. So I think it's just amazing that we've got, um, you know, opportunity to find out how he does it. And for me, he is someone that lives and breathes Um, the energy that happens and what can be created when you truly live on purpose, you stay on track. And I think staying on purpose, keeping on track is even more important for us now when there's so much noise going on. And it's so easy to get really caught up in what's going on, which of course then drags you down because it's, it's draining. And just listening to him talk, whenever I spent time with him, I've always felt lifted. Yeah, yeah, he's he's amazing to listen to as well, and and as you say, be around, and yeah, that passion that he has as well. I think definitely. So I'm looking forward to finding out how he does it. Jazz, it's really great that you've joined us on our podcast, and and we're just so delighted. Laura and I obviously have worked with you at Heathrow before, and watched your journey and how you've evolved through it. So thank you, basically, for coming and speaking to us and sharing your story about the amazing work that you do. So I'm I'm going to just ask you a couple of questions, if that's all right, and please feel free to just respond in your normal, natural self around what it is. Well, thank um, you for having me. My pleasure. So what I'd love to know is a little bit about you, Jazz, and what inspired you to set up Hope, which is your charity. So give us a little bit of you know, insight into that. Sure. So um, many, many years ago, when I first started working, when I first started having income coming in, I wanted to give back to the world. And I think I did what a lot of people do, and I don't frown upon it at all. I, I started donating £5 a month to a number of charities. And the older I got and the more friends I made that were actually volunteering, doing voluntary work, mm-hmm. um, I got a bit more hands on. So then I kind of stopped the financial side of it thinking, wait, I don't know where that £5 goes. So ah. I got more hands on and actually seeing where my work goes. So if I actually go and feed someone or I cook and help people, I could actually see the benefit of it. And I felt better going home. Like for me, when I was giving £5 a month, it's like, yeah, I help a charity. Where does it go? Don't know. Like yeah, I, I literally didn't know. But the more I got involved, I went home really proud and happy thinking, 
I just helped someone today. Yeah. Um, so the more people I met like that, I got more and more involved in charities and I grew with a lot of charities. So a lot of my learning comes from doing charity, volunteer work through other charities. Yeah. And then eventually it got to a stage where obviously charities do a lot of work and it's it's like a little business and it has to be run like that. Um, the more involved I got, I saw certain sides of certain processes I didn't really like or how financially they were spending the money and where it could have gone. And every time I volunteered a new idea, I said, like, guys, we could do this. Why don't we help these people? And, you know, we fed the homeless. Why don't we do a blood drive and get blood, com- you know, yeah. blood so we can save more lives. And some charities were really focused on one cause, which is great because they're putting hundred percent energy into one, which yeah. is sometimes maybe I don't do enough of that. Um, <laughs> so eventually I started doing things on my own. So, you know, if I want to do a, a feed, yeah. um, I'll literally cook food at home with my family or by myself. Or if I, you know, if I know there's a sale on at Tesco's of sandwiches, I go and buy them and just give them to the homeless. Brilliant. Start donating blood. So I started doing little ventures on my own and that's kind of how it started. Ah, okay. So how long ago was that when it sort of started to take off, really take off? About five years ago when I started doing things on my own yeah. and with the power of social media, um, yeah. every time I did something, and some people frowned and saying, if you're doing a good deed, don't put it on social media. Okay. I was trying to raise awareness. So I wanted people to know, look, there's people out there in pain, hurting, whether it's mental health, whether it's, you know, homeless, yeah. or it's, you know, people having operation, there's no one donating blood. So every time I posted on social media, more and more people like, hey, Jazz, we want to help. Um, charity you're part of. And I was like, I'm actually not part of a charity. I'm just going by myself. You can do a good deed alone. Yeah. Um, and that's how my following started. So um, people were like, where are you going this weekend? I was like, well, I'm going to go and make food. I'm going to drop you up to London. Um, yeah. There's a blood drive going on with NHS in Hounslow Borough. So I would go and do that. And then I would take people along with me. Mm. Um, and that's how hope kind of came about because I sat with a group of volunteers yeah. that were joining me and we sat around in a room because I was like, guys, we're doing a great job. It's only been like six months. Um, what more can we do? Where can we bring our attention to? And they said, Jazz, you need to brand it. Brand what? They said the charity. I was like, <laughs> well, we're not a charity. They said, no, because you've got a good following. You're growing a following. You went for one person joining you to 10 people joining you to 20 people joining you. Yeah. You know, you need a name. And a good friend of mine, D-Raj, was with me. Yeah. Um, and I looked at him because he's, he's very creative. So yes. uh, I said, D-Raj, I need, I, I need a name. And then he was literally like, what do you do? I was like, I'll literally help out people everywhere. Like, I just want to help everyone. He said, that's hope. That's it. Hey, Brilliant. O-E-E, helping <laughs> out people everywhere. And thanks <laughs> to D-Raj, you've got the name Hope. <laughs> and I know, and I've seen your pictures and D-Raj, and I remember him very fondly as well from Heathrow and you know the work that you do as you say I think social media is a great platform to raise the awareness to stuff and and I certainly you know that was when I first sort of sort of followed you even more was when I think you did the Santa um when you put all the Santa packages together and and you know when I saw it from the very first one you put on social media to the one that you did this Christmas it was like it was massive so how did that come about uh, the creative side helps because I've got friends like Raj and loads of other people around me and my mind's quite active but as, as you've known over yeah. the years my mind doesn't stop working I'm always thinking of ideas at three o'clock in the morning I've got an idea I could be writing it down <laughs> Brilliant. so with, with the charity side of it there's a lot of charities out there doing good deeds and everyone's inspiring people to help other people which is which is amazing yeah but I think in the long term so with the team Santa thing I did a bit of research great I want to feed him I want to give him a Christmas meal on the streets like other charities do and then when I did a bit of research there's probably about five, and I don't mean this in a bad way, there's about five charities a day feeding the homeless. They're probably wow. being fed more than I am at home. Right. Um, I, I found that I was like, wow, they're getting a lot of support. But then I said, how do we help them? How do we sustain it? People think it's Christmas. So, you know, a thousand charities, a thousand individuals are going to London or whichever street, whichever area and do their good deed. But yeah. then after Christmas is over, the homeless are still there. 
Mm-hmm. It's still cold. Yeah. So I want to do something sustainable in the long run. So I want to do, I was like, how do we give back to them? So we don't just feed them one day and think, hey, we fed them. How do we help them? So, you know, we we got together as volunteers and I said, why don't we give them presents? Like, mm-hmm. why don't why don't we make it feel like Christmas? We all get Christmas presents at home. We wake up in the morning, come down to our Christmas tree. These guys sit on the streets in the snow, yeah. in the cold. No one wishing a Merry Christmas. The simple thing. I said, why don't we keep them warm? Why don't we make basic presents that we can give out to all of them so we don't have to, you know, make it complicated for ourselves. Like, right, what do we give this one? What do we give this one? Yeah. We don't know their personalities. So, you know, I said, let's give them scarves, hats, gloves, yeah. socks. Things people need, you know, right? Yeah, so after Christmas, you know, during Christmas, building up to Christmas, we go into streets of London and we literally walk around with big Santa bags and we say, hey, Merry Christmas. And they're not expecting that. They're not expecting someone to come up to them to say Merry Christmas, mm. ask them how they are. Um, you know, you can't have some of the conversations like, are you going to spend it with family? Because they're not. So, you know, yeah. you, you you cheer them up. Yeah. Um, so we give difference. them presents. Yeah, we cheer them up, give them, you know, things to keep them warm. And we still wanted to feed them. So I said... Yeah. You know, once they're fed for that one day through whichever charity or an individual, when they wake up in the morning, where the, where's the next meal coming from? Yeah. And we started doing little packs with like biscuits, energy bars, things they can peck at throughout yeah. the day. Like if no one's going to donate to them, if no one's going to, you know, drop a pound in their pot or no one's going to come and drop off a sandwich, mm-hmm. they're still going to go hungry 10 hours. Yeah. So at least you've got a little, you know, Tupperware tub they can open, yeah. take out a biscuit, take out an energy bar, you know, take out something. I think it's such a, what you did, I think is just so inspiring to do. And I think I love what you're saying around that sustaining that, as you say, you know, Christmas, people do help and that's always great, but it, you're right. It's, and then what? What happens on Boxing Day? You know, especially in our times at the minute, I suppose, Jazz, because no one's going through London, are they? Or no one's seeing you know, people. So how do you get your team together as a pop-up team to be able to then go and carry on the support? How do you do it? So one, once the projects are set up, whether it's Team Santa, whether it's uh, blood donations, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's helping the children like we did, feeding the children over Christmas. Again, the power of social media with the following, the more followers I've got over social media, and this is why... I don't mind sharing what we do. So yeah. when people say you shouldn't share your good deeds on social media, I'm like, but then people aren't aware of the people suffering and people aren't aware that you can just help them. Yes. If there's a picture of me literally feeding someone or just giving them a blanket or just, you know, giving them a scarf, then people are more aware and people are like, hey, how do I get involved? And that's how my group of volunteers worked. So that's how I generally get people together because of, you know, my Instagram account and the Facebook followers. So, you know, if you and me had a, a random conversation one day, say, Jazz, I was going past Waterloo um, and I saw a number of homeless people there and, and I tried to help them, but I feel like they need, you know, they look really cold. I, I think they had food, but they need something. Someone like yourself or any individual could contact myself or one of my volunteer team and say, guys, we need attention. Mm. People need help here. And once that information shared with me, I share it with my volunteers and okay. that kind of gets everyone together. Everyone's still got the day jobs. We're living our own lives. But then once one of us receives information, we share it with the group. Yeah. Whether it's social media, whether it's on a WhatsApp group, you know, we'll, put, we'll share the message out. And then I, I then I'll set a day. And this is where the background work happens with the volunteers and some of the core team and myself. We're like, right, we have to do this. We'll do it on Saturday, 12 to 4. What do we need? We need food. Which one of you can source me the food? Right. right. Which supermarket can we approach to get, um, you know, the wastage of food? That's something that's going to get thrown away. How do we take that? And how do yeah. we feed people with it? And then we kind of put it on social media and then volunteers just literally put their hand up or, you know, they message us and say, hey, I'm in. Yeah. We don't, we do you want me at 12 o'clock on a Saturday and that's it and that's how yeah, we that's how you do together. it wow and what do you think is the I suppose the common denominator as to why people want to work with you but also for you and help what do you think is the underlying reason why people do that do you reckon one I, I 
don't really know. It's their, their own, what they've seen of the charity. But what, some of the feedback I've had recently, um, just over Christmas, we mm-hmm. were making 10,000 meals a day and we fed 40,000 wow. children over Christmas. Wow, yeah. that's so huge. Where, where the government wasn't helping, well, I wouldn't say not helping, but where they weren't paying attention to the children yeah. um, in deprived areas. And, you know, some sometimes the best meal they get is in school. When they go home, they might not get a meal because the parents yeah. might be working. They might be going through a tough time as a family. So we decided to put that as a focus. And getting to know my volunteers through that, and I generally ask them, I generally go around the room and ask them, it's like, hey, thanks for joining us. Like, where, where did you hear about us? They said, ask yeah. on your Instagram post. I'm like, great. And they said, do you know what we like about your charity? And this is probably going to help answer some of the questions you just asked. Yeah. And they said, this is more hands-on. This is, it's a process, but it's a different friendly process. Like they literally see something on Instagram or on Facebook, they turn up, they're met, they're greeted by someone from the Hope team. Yeah. We're normally branded up with a Hope hoodie or a yeah. hat or something. Um, <laughs> they're normally greeted by one of us, say, hi, welcome, like, who are you? Like, hi, I'm Debbie, like, hi, um, you know, how are you, you're here to help? Yeah, I'm here till four o'clock, great. Um, and then we kind of give them a nice briefing, like you would do with any other workplace. Like, you yeah. know, you get a nice welcoming, you get a nice briefing, like the, the goal of today is to make 10,000 meals. Mm. The quicker we do it, the quicker people get fed. And then we give them a nice briefing. And I said, you know what, it's more of the hands-on approach because some of them said they've done a lot of great charity work over the years. Yeah. For them, it's literally an email saying, be here at this time. They've turned up and they don't know who to talk to. They literally turn up. Yeah. And they're like, you know, they're like looking around like, what do I do? And they just jump in and do the work. So they still get the good deed done, which is yeah. amazing. But I think some of those charities are really big, which, it, which you know, so I might get to that stage someday where I might not have the personal <laughs> time to give them. Oh, I don't know, though. I think you and the team, the core team that you have surround you, you know, they're all really welcoming, approachable people. And, and I think they have that. This, I suppose the same ethos as you around, you know, actually come on in. This is us together, isn't it? Which I think, you know, and I know some of the people that you have as part of your team and they're, they're just so welcoming and they would, people. yeah, they, they are really good people, aren't they? And they would make you feel welcome to turn up and help. What every workplace should be like, like even, yeah. you know, years I've worked in other workplaces. Um, I want work to be fun. Like, you know, yeah. the people I work with, whether, you know, you manage them or they manage you, you're, the people are the biggest asset in any company. So yes. I think the charity is the same. Like with your volunteers, you know, if you can't keep the core team or your volunteers happy and give them a good briefing, if they're not enjoying what they're doing, they're there to do a good deed. Yes. You know, some of them might not need the fun. Some of them might not need us to have a conversation with them. They want to do a good deed and go home. Yeah. Um, but if you add the bit of fun factor in it, they remember you as a person, they remember you as a charity and they come yeah. back to you and they, they, they give you more passion and love next time they help you. What is it about you that keeps you wanting to do this? What is it that drives you, your motivation? Um, I, there's a number of things. One, I'm really passionate about it. Um, I think all of us have, not all of us have had a great life. I'm not saying I've had a bad life, but, <laughs> but you know, when sometimes you feel blessed, like I've got a job, I've yes. got a roof over my head. I've had a great upbringing. Um, you know, what more, what I've got all that energy coming my way in a good way. How do I now share that with people? Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we grow up networking. Some people just want to be famous, whether they're singers, rappers, whatever they do. So, you know, fashion people, they want a number of followers. So I look at everything. I think, right, I've got a high number of followers. How yeah. do I make use of my high number of followers and put that energy to good? Yeah. Um, I've learned so much of my work time at Heathrow. I've learned how to network and make friends <laughs> and, you know, where I was looking after health and safety or, Um, You know, there's food wastage. How do I, you know, I know people are wasting food in supermarkets. How do I use that energy? Mm. Uh, You know, how do I take that food away from them, help out the supermarket so they learn, you know, you don't have to waste food. We can go to a charity and give them good use with it. Um, So I think that's what keeps me going. The fact that I've got a good network of people around me. I've got a very active brain. um, (laughs) Never stops thinking. Um, 
yeah so i think i just keep putting my energy i just want to put my energy in the right place it's sometimes about leaving a lasting legacy like you know if the one you know i could live a great life people yeah. might not yeah i might not be social media savvy or i might not tell people about it but i've got this thing where um you know i've seen my grandparents and my family and people that have come and gone in life but yeah. they've left a lasting legacy whether it's in my mind or something physical yeah um so if I could leave something behind in terms of imagine, you know, if I pass away in 50 years or 60, whenever I pass, if I live to 120, great. But, you know, whenever <laughs> I pass away, if hope's still running. Yeah. And we one day built a school and we built a hospital mm. and there's no more homeless people in London anymore because we're like, hey, government, you can't help them. But we've yeah. got enough finances coming in and we've built a million pound home where we can home a thousand people. You know, yeah. I can leave a lasting legacy and be like, hey, how comes we've got no homeless people in England anymore? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Team Hope helped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, Hope helped us out there. I think that's amazing. And if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would you have said to your younger self? One, I would keep doing what I've done in terms of my learning. Um, yes. What have happened without my learning? Um, you know, some people want to go back and think, I wish I'd just done this. I think I've learned so much over the years and built a lot of networks and friends and family. I would definitely 100% go to that because that's the, like the foundation of it. Yeah. If you don't do the learning, you can't, you can't grow. It's like, you know, going back in time. If you don't know where you've come from, you yeah. don't know where you're going. Yeah, so absolutely. I've moved up from India and, you know, what my background could have been if I was born and bred in India and left there, I might mm-hmm. have had a completely different life to what I've got now. So I'd still keep hold of the core value of my life. Um, but then share it as much as I would probably would have shared it earlier. So yeah, where I've started pretty late in the charity work in terms of with hope, it's only been five years, even though I've done charity work over the years, a lot younger, Yeah, I probably would have set up hope a lot earlier just because oh, okay. of my life experience now. I'm yeah. like, I've got so much energy to do this. I've got a great friendship and family around me. If I was 15, 16 and old enough, you know, once you get 18 and you're allowed to have bank accounts and things, I, yeah. probably, would have started, <laughs> I probably would have started it earlier. Because imagine the impact, if I made such an impact in only the last five years, Yeah. imagine if I started 20 years ago, what I could have done. Mm. So it's like never, ne- if you have hope or you have an idea, don't just wait, just do it. One of the things I'm inspired by other charities. So I, I do follow other charities. Yeah. I learn off them. I see what they're doing. And um, part of that is because I don't always want to do what they're doing. I'm thinking they're doing you know, they're doing great what they're doing there. Yeah. How do I sustain that? So to me, it's like a marathon. So, yeah. you know, like Christmas and what's happening around the world, when everyone jumps in and helps, I kind of take a step back. I watch what they're doing. I learn what they're doing. Um, and then I keep, to me, it's like a marathon. It's like a, you know, pass the bat and then I keep the race going. Yeah. So, you know, when the charity is getting tired or the volunteers are dropping off or yeah. financially they can't support it anymore, then I'm like, hey team, Where'd you leave off? Yeah. Who needs help? Well, we're feeding people in London, but we don't have food coming anymore. Great. I'll take over. And then, you know, I keep the risk going. So I merge with a lot of charities. I, I work with them. Yes. Uh, and that's all because of networking. I started that five years ago and I wish I'd started it. So my feedback to myself would be if I go back in time, start this a lot earlier. Start networking and keeping that, that list of people. Yeah, because you never know when you, you know, you come across somebody that has a big impact on you. And then it might be years later that you go, oh, I wonder if that person could help or they remember you and come back to you and go, actually, I want to help. And I and I think that's what the impact has. Certainly, as I say, watching you and listening with you about what you're doing is, is just incredibly inspiring. And I suppose one of the things for me is to understand from you is yeah, how do you manage your own well-being and wellness through all of this? How do you do that? Um, I'm probably not the best at it, but I, okay. I do do a few things. Like I, I do have my, um, you know, like people meditate, people do yoga. Yes. For me, a simple thing would be just to go for a walk in the morning. Um, 
you know, very simple, get up in the morning, have tea, breakfast and go for a walk. Cut yeah. this out, like clear your mind. It's like my cleanse. Um, you know, there's no mobile phone distractions. There's, you know, there's no too much noise. It's just grass, wind, trees yeah. um, and do that. And what I like to do is when I do go on holiday, um, I always think people are a bit funny if they go on holiday by themselves. I'm like, why well, are you going by yourself? Go with a friend. <laughs> but now in the last five years, I, a lot of the time I travel alone. Yeah. Um, and that's my alone time. So, you know, that's when I'm not, even though my mind's buzzing, yeah. um, I'm still, I'm having alone time where I'm clearing my mind, re-energizing. It's like, you know, I'm like a, a battery pack that's been recharged for the weekend in Paris. <laughs> yeah. Or wherever I am. I'm wherever seeing, you are. I'm, yeah. So I'm literally, and I'm learning, I'm learning to see what the world's yeah. like on their side. You yeah. know, people think, oh, they live a great life in America. They live great lives in Canada and look what we're like in England. I'm like, actually I've seen all ends of it yeah um, so you know right now I could be sitting in a random country with a coffee just people watching yeah uh, clear my mind I can sit somewhere with my eyes closed no one's there to judge me no one knows me my phone's not going to go off yes um, I don't have to check my emails and when I come back on that Monday morning I'm ready to go my batteries are recharged I'm like, <laughs> let's go England like, what are we let's, doing? let's let's keep going <laughs> how do people if they're listening to this and they want to learn more about hope and how they might be able to get involved you know how would they reach out to you and connect with you what would you you know what would be the best form so they can go on instagram they can yep. follow us on instagram which is inspired dot by dot hope yeah um, i couldn't get the entire long word in so i had to put the dots in um, <laughs> i think it's already taken and same thing on facebook so the page is called inspired by hope yeah um, a registered charity called inspired by hope as well so remind us once again what hope stands for helping out people everywhere h-o-p-e h-o-p-e and the people know where to find you so um i just want to say thank you for sharing your you know a little bit of your story i know you have a massive story and you know there's probably more that we could add to it but i just want to say thank you for taking the time jazz today and and just sort of you're sharing with us what what's motivated you and got your team together to to make a difference in the world so thank you for your time well thank you for having me i'm glad i could share this information and volunteers if you're out there if you want to be part of the core team and help us hey give us a follow on instagram find us on facebook yeah cool definitely and they can also find you as well can't they under jazz gill if they were searching for you yes (laughs) exactly on your other accounts so cool thanks (laughs) cheers thanks very much jazz i appreciate that Oh, wow, Debs. I mean, what a guy, hey? What was your main takeaway from you spending time with him? I think um, apart from the passion and the energy that it has, I think the fact he lives his life with intent and purpose, I think is just amazing to see. And what I really loved was he said, you know, your people are your biggest asset and to be able to look after them and, you know, nurture them and care about them, um, you know, and connect with them so that people don't feel lost. I think that that was the one, you know, that sort of resonated a lot with me um, and that being together and the connections um, is really key. Um, yeah, I, that's what I really like listening to him actually around that. It just, I just feel really jazzed up after listening to jazz because he just creates that momentum and I want to go out and do something now. And it's that fire in your belly and that kind of spark. And I just, yeah, you just feel better when you've spent time with someone who's kind of got that energy. And, you know, as we were reflecting, actually, of course, what he beautifully demonstrates is the positive impact that happens when you follow as described by the NHS, the five steps to mental wellness. So connecting with others, bucket loads, 
being active, so actually getting up and out and doing something, keeping on learning. So whether that is learning new people, learning new things that you can do, giving to others. I mean, helping out people everywhere <laughs> says it on the tin, doesn't it? So keep giving to others and being mindful. So living in that present and taking action that you can now. So have a think maybe about what you can do right now that increases your level of connection, being active, keeping learning, giving to others, being mindful, because as Jazz beautifully demonstrates, you just feel better and it helps you stay on purpose, which in turn helps energise you when you've got all that good stuff going around your mind rather than potentially looking at all the bad stuff that's out there. So thank you, Jazz, for that reminder on how we keep mentally well through these extraordinary times. Um, Devs, what would be your final call to action? So for someone that feels jazzed up this week, having listened to Jazz, what would be your final (laughs) call to action? Um, So my final call of action would be find the thing that gets you going, think about it, and then just make sure that you're ready to move forward with it. That's what I would encourage you to do. Love it. Stay on purpose, on point, born ready. Born ready. Absolutely. 100% law. I'm behind you. (laughs) (laughs) Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email on secretsfromacoach at aol.com or follow us on Instagram at secretsfromacoach.com.